Gap Year Universe. I'm Margot Brookfield. And I'm Julia Rogers. Welcome to Gap Year Radio, the show that brings you inspiration and information to plan a life-changing gap year adventure. So in recognition of the upcoming holiday, Thanksgiving this week, we thought that a family episode was in order. So today you're going to be hearing from Gap Year student Michael, as well as his dad, Ron. I know. uh, Margot and I were both in Florida last week and traveling and here and there. So we've been... I think feeling like Thanksgiving has kind of snuck up on us. I know that that's how I feel. And we are also both traveling internationally in the next week or so. So Margo, what is your next couple weeks look like? Yeah, so I've actually, I'm here in Bend, Oregon, and fortunately I've got a bunch of family that's coming to me this year. So my mom and my sister, as well as my niece's nephews and her husband, um, they're all coming up here for the next week, which I'm very excited about. But then I depart straight from Thanksgiving, basically the next day, to head down to Patagonia uh, for a semi-personal, semi-work trip, doing some scouting for ARC and trekking and such. So um, and I think, Julia, you have more or less a similar schedule coming up. Is that right? Yes, exactly. So on Wednesday, we're packing up the kids, packing up the husband and driving over to upstate New York for Thanksgiving with my in-laws, which will be fun. And then my husband is driving from there to drop me off um, at Montreal Airport to for me to fly to South Africa, where I will be spending about 12 days away from home visiting programs in Cape Town and the north of, of the country over near Kruger National Park. So I think I'm just very excited for both of our adventures. And also Thanksgiving is such an, a great holiday to gather and eat and watch football and the parade and everything. So just a lot to look forward to. Absolutely. And for those of you out there who may or may not be interested in our Instagram feed, we will be posting some stories and things from our travels. So, um, you know, we can keep you up to date on, on our adventures there. But, you know, about this episode, I think that this was just such a unique opportunity to hear from, you know, both a father and son who kind of had a lot of that gap year together. Um, you know, obviously it was Michael's gap year in between high school and college, but um, doing a lot of family travel and especially travel with his dad. So, you know, what I guess, Julia, you worked with them as a consultant for that year. So um, what, you know, is the broad overview, what were some kind of key points of this gap year that make it so unique? Definitely. Well, one of the things that I love is that Ron himself, the father, actually took a gap year when he was a young man. So he kind of had the scaffolding of understanding the impact of of traveling when you're young and seeing the world and making mistakes and all those things. So he was incredibly supportive and in uh, Michael's decision to take a gap year. So Michael really wanted to do some um, opportunities that were more structured at first and then branch out into more independent opportunities. So he started by traveling with ARC, Margot's organization to Asia, Southeast Asia to be exact. He came home for the holidays and then he went away to Tanzania with an organization called The Leap. And then he had a lot of independent experiences. He he road tripped with some of friends that he made at The Leap. He interned in San Francisco. He did some other family-related travel that he'll talk about on the show. So he basically just had a, a year full of adventures. And, and actually in the episode, he names all the places that he traveled on his gap time. And it's kind of head spinning. It's, it's amazing what he accomplished in the course of a year. Wonderful. Well, they have a lot of value, valuable information to share with us today. So uh, let's go ahead and, and get started. Sounds good. And happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for being here, Ron and Michael. We are so excited for our first father-son interview. So welcome. Thank you. And good to speak to you folks. 
Absolutely. Well, let's just go ahead and jump right in here. So, um, Michael, you had a lot of amazing adventures during this past year, it seems, um, beginning with your service learning semester with ARC in Asia, um, then traveling to Tanzania with The Leap, and following that experience with um, a road trip with friends, an internship, and a few different um, family travel uh, trips. So I'm just curious, did you ever imagine that you would have done all of this during this year when you first decided to take a gap year? Yeah, it's been a hell of a year. I can remember when I first uh, heard about a gap year, I was exploring a gap year and I had the opportunity to hear from Julia. And, you know, I thought maybe I would do a trip for three months and then I would work or something. But this just kind of spiraled and it became such an amazing year where I've met so many different people, traveled to so many different places. And it's been a year, quite frankly, probably the best year of my life. You know, I, I sit back and I think about what Michael's done. I mean, think about this, right? He's been to Asia. He's been to Africa. He's been to Europe on his way to Asia and Africa several times. He's, he's spent a, a week um, in the Caribbean with friends. He's lived in San Francisco. He's, um, he's really, um, he's road tripped around America. I mean, he's had a, a breadth of experiences, the likes of which we could have never imagined. Yeah, that's it's so amazing. And Ron, I know that you took a gap year as a young man. And if I remember correctly, it included motorcycling across Europe or for at least part of it. Can you talk a little bit about your gap year experience? Yeah, so I'm an experienced gap year. I I did it before, (laughs) uh, you know, back when they when you didn't call it gap years, you called it not going to college. And then I I, I actually went a year later. But I, I knew I needed to grow up just a little bit. And I went to uh, D.C., worked for a congressman, ran state senate campaigns, uh, was actually uh, a candidate for delegate to the Democratic National Convention. And, and I was very political. And when my candidate, George McGovern, lost, I ended up going to Europe and, um, and, and spent several months uh, on, a, on a motorcycle traveling through Europe. One of those trips that the further away you get from it, the more romantic it seems. But I think it's like all gap year experiences. It's tough. It can be hard. Um, it can be um, outside your comfort zone. But I grew so much. And by the time I got to college, I knew who I was. I had a little bit of an edge, shall I say, than, than other folks who were a little bit younger. I knew why I was going to school. I knew what, what, what mattered in my life. I could deal probably a little bit better with the opposite sex. And, and I just knew myself. And I had the most phenomenal experience at, at college. I went to a place called Clark. And, and I, 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 I truly believe that gap year set me up for that college experience. Ron, do you think that that experience and how formative it was for you with your gap year, did that make you want to encourage your own kids to take a gap year as well? Not make me. I mean, this was something Nancy and I knew was was something we wanted for our son. I mean, we we knew he would get so much more out of college if he had the perspective of some distance from us if he had the 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 the, the experience of, of building relationships with other young people um, while living together and if he had a, a really an opportunity to, to to experience the world you know um, I know Michael spent I don't know a couple of weeks in Vietnam um, and a couple of weeks in in Cambodia and a couple of weeks in Thailand and a couple of weeks in China I guarantee you, every time any of those countries come up in, in, in a class when, when he's at WashU next year or over the next four years, 
he'll remember back to that moment and the, the lens through which he see th sees things will be completely different. And so I know we've given him a powerful gift that will create a platform for him for, for college. And I, I will add one other thing that I think Nancy and I felt strongly about. Uh, we believe that, that basically college is the academics and, 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 and it's also about preparing you for your career. But even more so, uh, a four-year college, residential college, is about the transition from your parents' home to the real world. And I can't imagine a better transition or item than a gap year as a means to prepare you um, that first step to begin that transition um, away from your parents' home while knowing it's still there into your own life. Absolutely. Such a formative um formative experience. And I know that obviously Michael was able to have so many different experiences during that time. And as you were saying, those experiences in Asia or anything that he did during his gap year could provide context for future studies in college when those things come up. It just, it rings a bell a little bit more. Absolutely. Um, and Michael, for you, I, I feel that many of the opportunities you had, I'm sure, pushed you outside your comfort zone during this past year. And so what were the things you were most nervous about going into this year? And then how did you feel about those things as you were actually in the gap year traveling and experiencing them? Yeah, so I, I remember, and I'm sure my dad can attest, September before preparing for ARC was, was a nightmare for my family. Uh, I was so worried. I was, I don't want to do this. This is going to be terrible. I was so nervous about everything from uh, making friends to going to a new country where maybe the water wasn't safe to drink or not, uh, not being able to speak um, any of the languages that I, in the, in the, in the countries, in the native um, countries. But, you know, this year has been about, as we said, um, dealing with um, uncomfortable things and, and kind of rising through it. So with the social part, you know, it was uncomfortable in the beginning, but I made these relationships that will last me for a lifetime. You know, I lived in, in circ I was able to interact with people who didn't speak my language, but I, but I was able to use like uh, hand motions or Google Translate to communicate. And you, and you learn to work around things and, and slowly it becomes more and more comfortable to you. That is, I, I remember specifically you talking in, on your blog about uh, being in Thailand and using Google Translate to learn about farming practices. Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So me and a friend, we had a homestay in uh, rural Thailand, well off the beaten path. And uh, our homestay mother uh, didn't speak any English, but uh, and we, we expected that we would have very little communication. But um, unbeknownst to us, she, she was uh, a wizard at Google Translate and um, pulled it out. And uh, we, we had conversations when we talked about what she does. Uh, we talked about the world. I remember we even talked about like America. And, and this was all through Google Translate. And it was it was fun because, you know, obviously through Google Translate, things don't come out perfect. So it was kind of like, um, like a, a game, uh, trying to <laughs> comprehend exactly what she was saying, but, 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 but it was one of the highlights of my trip. Yeah, that is so cool. And, you know, one of the things I'm also curious about, Michael, is, you know, of all these experiences you had and, uh, you know, what was the most eye-opening one? Or I know that may, maybe one is too hard to do, but what, is there, what are the things that stick out to you as the things that really changed and shifted your perspective on either your place in the world or just other countries and their, their, um, their experiences and, and their heritage? Yeah, so for me, I think it was definitely the people. You know, I, I, I came in thinking to some degree that, I mean, somebody, my homestay mother in rural Thailand was quite, I, would, I came in thinking she would be very different from me, you know? very different lifestyle. Um, but, but these experiences really taught me that the world is so connected and, 
you just have to give yourself an opportunity to talk to people. And when you talk to people, you can really see that that in so many ways we are so similar. And it's just a matter of, of, of putting yourself in a place where you can have these conversations. So for me, it was people and how the world is really connected at a really minute level. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's one of my favorite parts of traveling too, is, is who you get to meet and who you get to hear stories from and that, that feeling that we're all, we're all part of the human race. And it's a, it's a really um, beautiful sentiment and, and wonderful feeling to feel those, um, to feel that, that kind of camaraderie with, with other people from other cultures. You know, I wanted to ask Ron a question too. Uh, you and you and Nancy were such great partners with Michael in planning this gap year. And I was curious what advice you have for parents who are helping their own kids navigate the gap year planning process. Yeah, I guess I would say um, our, our process began by going to a gap fair. And we went to a gap fair that had maybe 50 or 100 different possible experiences. And... I, you know, in my in my head at that point, I was thinking, you know, from my paradigm, Michael might go to a kibbutz in Israel or something, and and I th- we ran into a number of people. Um, we ran into you, quite frankly, Julia, right. and and we began speaking with you and and realized that there was a whole group of professional gap year consultants who actually knew the hundreds if not thousands of programs out there and could help guide us and so we ended up um, um, entering into a a relationship with you a professional relationship and um, I'll say very honestly for very modest cost um, we're opened up to a a breadth of, of, of options and I don't think we ever would have ended up with Michael in ARC, which we loved, um, um, or having the kinds of experiences he had, if not for you. Oh, well, thank you. That's, that's so nice to hear. That is, there's, there's uh, been no poking or prodding to get Ron to say that, but I really appreciate it. (laughs) Uh, This is an unpaid endorsement, I promise you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you know, one other thing, uh, so, so you, sounds like you are encouraging uh, people to go to a gap year fair potentially work with a advisor or consultant if that makes sense for them. Is there anything about how the dynamic worked with you guys uh, as a family in the conversations and how you how you were able to give him Michael the 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 kind of space to make the decisions on his own while still making sure everybody was comfortable or open to what he was choosing to do? Yeah, I think it's very fair. I think first we wanted him to have his gap year not ours. And so you notice his gap year was completely different than the one I took 40 years earlier. And that's because he essentially made the choices. We tried to give him, when asked, our perspectives uh, and encouraged him to travel and move around the world and as well to get outside his comfort zone. Um, But uh, beyond uh, encouraging him and making sure uh, the programs that Michael had entered into were consistent with who he was and what he wanted. Um, we left it to him. In Michael's case, he wanted programs with real support. Uh, he wanted to know that 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 the social life, shall we say, was was in control. That that this wasn't a simply a party. He wanted much more from it, and he didn't want to find himself in that kind of circumstance. So he wanted to know that there were there were there were real clear boundaries. Uh, he wanted to to know that there was real programming 
It wasn't simply a tourist trip. And I think he wanted to know he was traveling um, and experiencing real people in real situations. So we listened to him. Um, We threw in some of our own thinking. It led to him having a revised vision. And then we did our best to support him in that process. And Michael, I I do remember as well... um from during that planning process, I remember talking on the phone with you from the ARC office, um, and I remember just so appreciating how thorough you were in your gap year planning, and that you were really intentional in the programs that you were choosing and what you wanted to do with that time, and that was something that I really respected about you. Um, thorough is our son. <laughs> <laughs> Without question, I definitely appreciated that. Um, but Michael, I know that you also... You spent a lot of time with family, as we mentioned, this past year as well. Um, You know, everything from celebrating your grandmother's 100th birthday to attending the Final Four with your dad um, to visiting an ancestral village in Italy. And so I'm just curious how you ended up incorporating this family factor into your planning. Um, Was that intentional from the get-go or was that just kind of, you know, experiences that happened throughout the year? Yeah, I mean, I I would say that, I mean, family's always been very important to me. Um, but, but But the gap year kind of, inspired me i mean we started with the asia uh, trip and and i mean i've done some traveling before but obviously never to this degree and i mean and seeing the world um during my three months in asia kind of i guess in some regards definitely sparked uh, a desire to see more of the world and um it led to an opportunity to uh to to go to italy and and, um with my family uh uh right before i went off to college we were uh, we went to Italy and we went to the um, hometown where my uh, grandmother grew up before immigrating to America. So definitely um, a lot of parallels between uh, my gap year and, and some of the travels that I've had the opportunity to do with my family. That's awesome. I think that, yeah, being intentional with that time too of, um, like I said, your intention behind the programs you chose, but I think also um, finding other opportunities that could be either insightful as a, you know, visiting, yes, in ancestral village and um, looking at that history or um, internship opportunities, you know, everything you did, it just seems like you were very much setting yourself up for a formative experience, which is so important in gap year planning. So that's awesome. Right. I think it's the balance between, I mean, it's my gap year, so giving myself the opportunity to, to do programs on my own, but also sharing it with my family and, and, and the people who've supported me um, and, and sharing that in the sense that whether it's a, a road trip that I did with my dad for three or four days um, or, or something more like um, going to Santa Fe to, to, for my grandmother's uh, 100th birthday, I, I think that it's the balance between sh- – and, and, and it's also, for example, being able to parallel that back through blogs or something that was one of the best gifts I gave myself in this gap year was was creating a blog where not only was it I, I hear a gift to others but it was it will be a gift to myself being able to recount all the amazing experiences I had Michael two things right I, I just would share with folks Michael wrote this blog that began with like 10 people reading it and grew to hundreds of people reading it and you watched him develop as a writer um, you watched him evolve as a learner in all of these other uh, communities and countries around the world. And it brought great joy to us to, to, and laughter to, to read of, of his experiences. That was his unique thing, and he came alive as a writer. But share with folks um, some of the research work you did as the um, culmination project um, with ARC in, in Asia. I found that interesting. Yeah, so I mean, one of the more important—I'll just backstep a little. One of the more important things for me was 
finding a program where, I mean, there'd be a lot of exploration, it'd be social, so I'd, I'd be able to make these relationships. But I also wanted some form of an educational component as well. So for me, art kind of hit the sweet spot of having all three of those, um, whether it was uh, like the coursework we would do to learn about the different countries and the people we'd be working with or the projects. But it was also this really unique project at the end where all art students do, where they, um, where they do a capstone project. So um, as we were going through the program, I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do my capstone project about. And just to give a little perspective, the capstone is an opportunity to delve into a specific interest of yours that maybe you, we haven't covered as a group. So I got into Cambodia and, and I really saw, uh, I, I came in thinking Cambodia would be a pretty poor city and everything. But I, I saw all these big buildings and these kind of um, the big ministries and stuff. And I started um, like asking questions because I love asking questions. And I <laughs> asked a lot of questions about how are these buildings built, who supports them. And I, I slowly saw a trend throughout my travels in Asia, Southeast Asia about the Chinese government um, uh, supplying a significant amount of money to to support these uh, developing countries. And I, I kind of in my capstone explored the role between China and their influence over developing countries and the implications of that, both positive and potentially negative on, on these countries and the people. So that was really, really interesting for me to be able to to see firsthand and do my research there and then ultimately come home with like a finished product that I was able to share with my friends and family as well. Yeah, and we can actually link to that uh, video in our show notes because you posted it on your blog. And so we can um, we can share that with listeners who might want to hear about it because it was really interesting. And you were one of the only students on your trip, I believe, to put your capstone in video form, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, so that's, yeah, that's definitely worth watching if you have a couple extra minutes after the show. And so, you know, I wanted to also ask you too about the Segway tours, because uh, Michael has shared with us that you guys did several Segway tours just on the course of this gap year. And I, so I want to, uh, and I am guessing that they have, that you guys maybe have always done this as a family. So I want What would know, make you think that? <laughs> I know, right? Um, it seems like every place you go, maybe you do a Segway tour, but I'm curious what the appeal is and, um, and what is your favorite, what has been the favorite Segway tour you've ever done as a family? I'll take the first part of it. You can take the second, Michael, but I, I'd simply suggest Michael loves anything that moves always has since he's been a little kid uh, he's our official family chauffeur uh, he he drives anything with two three or four wheels and um, so every time Michael and I have gone to a new town um, we've um, rented uh, segways or gone on a segway tour and found it a tremendous way to get around so it's just part of our family history and our family traditions, and um, we continue to love it. Michael, what's your favorite one? Yeah, so um, I think it was something, uh, what I love about it is it's like, like, as my dad said, I love anything that you can drive, but it, so it's a fun way to see a city, but also kind of like learn about the history of it. Um, I would say one of my favorite was when we were in um, Texas and we, and we learned about the shooting of um, President um, JFK and, um, and 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 I didn't really know about that. I was a lot younger at the time, and we actually through the segue went to the site where um, where he was shot, and it, it was like really cool to the balance of having like for younger kids as well. It's fun, but it's also an opportunity to learn about things you may not know much about. My favorite was Berlin. We went to Berlin, 
and we took we we got one guide and we took a three or four hour tour and it was our own and we went all over the city we went to all kinds of different neighborhoods we went to the old airport that was used in the uh, berlin airlift and i just had so much fun but i must admit when i got off it i could barely walk <laughs> it's tougher on the old uh, tougher on the dads <laughs> That is so fun. I can't say that I've ever done a Segway tour personally, um, but I've always wanted to, and I feel like I've tried them out at the mall or something, and I think that that would just be such a fun yeah. way to, to this, explore somewhere th- new. Yeah, yeah, think of it as mall cop um, uh, touring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always think of Arrested Development, so I always want. I, I haven't done a Segway tour either, but I, it's something that I want to experience at some point, and then I'll bust out all of my Arrested Development quotes while I'm doing it. Absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. Um well, Michael, like we've said, you've done, you had a nice balance of both family time and independent travel experiences and such. So I would love to hear a highlight. Um, if you have a highlight of your personal travel and a highlight of uh, family travels in this past year, what would those be? Um, so, I mean, it's, that's a hard question because there's so many different experiences and, and picking one moment. But I would say, um, I mean, we've talked about this homestay, so I, that was really powerful for me. So I won't go into that. But another moment was, um was was on a more um i guess you could consider it more like it wasn't like going out of the country it's more basic level what happened was um after my uh more traditional gap year i met some kids some some really good friends and i um decided we wanted to do a road trip so in uh, april the three of us uh got in my mom's volvo and we we set out to do a road trip and that was an opportunity where I learned a lot. It wasn't always like perfect. It wasn't art where everything was planned out for you. It was the exact opposite. And we had to use our skills that we learned during our gap year to translate them into our own lives. So that road trip was really powerful for me where there were definitely a lot of bumps, quite literally. One of the worst or one of my more low moments was when I, uh, we got stuck in the sand because we uh, went off the road and that was not the most smart idea. But it, but, it, but, but it was an opportunity to learn and to fix our own problems and to, to translate many of the skills from ARC over to the real world. So that was one of my highs um, looking back. And then from my more uh, family travels, the opportunity uh, my dad and me had to go to Ukraine well, well, well off the beaten path to a small village called Dnipro, where a family friend of ours lives and, and, and really see Ukraine and we had the opportunity then to go to Kiev, which is um, obviously the, the, the major city in Ukraine. And I learned so much history there. And I, I, I'm, I like history. You know, I, 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 in school, we learn about the Holocaust. We learn about, you know, uh, the Rwandan genocide. But I never knew about the terror that Ukraine's had in the relationship between Russia and Ukraine and the millions of Ukrainians who, who, who have been killed. So that was an amazing opportunity to go where history happened and experience and learn um so my trip to ukraine was definitely a highlight yeah one of the things that i find fascinating about traveling is how no matter where you go in the world you learn about the american influence uh in every country and uh i think that i can't think of one travel experience i've had where i haven't learned something new about american history or american influence in a foreign nation uh so i think that that's a really powerful way to to learn american history and also world history uh when you're when you're out and about but that's a really cool and unique experience that you were able to have michael too you know one of the things that i'm curious too is because you had this great balance of a lot of quality time with family and also uh like this nice mix of 
independent experiences, um, what, you know, what advice do you have for students who aren't sure if they want to involve their family in their gap year? Maybe they have a good relationship with their parents and their siblings, but uh, they think that this is their time for just them. Um, what would you say to them about either inviting their family to where they're, they're traveling or interning for part of their gap year or actively seeking to have like a family experience on their gap time? Yeah, so I would say definitely it's a balance. I don't think for me either, um, if I were to have done either of the extremes, it would have been good. If I were to have essentially traveled the whole time with my family, I don't think that would have been good. And I don't think that had I been on my own the whole time, it would have been good either. I think the gap year is a special time before, often for most kids, before you go to college. So it's an opportunity to to make some more memories before you kind of transition from your own home to your or transition from your parents' home to your own home. So I, I would say that many of the memories, you know, I was able to intertwine, and, and I think that was really powerful for me, especially as I go off to college. So I would definitely encourage peers to explore potential ways that they can kind of do both and balance both. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So uh, what I was going to ask you before, Michael, I was going to shift back to the Italy experience, and I believe that the the name of the village is, is Foggia. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, so it, the province is called Foggia, exactly. And then uh, I didn't even include it when I was kind of like giving you the description. It's called Carpino or Caprino, um, which is where the very, very, very small village where my grandmother was born and grew up before immigrating to America five or six or seven. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Actually, my sister and I or my sister just really delved deep into Ancestry.com. And we found out we found our a similar situation where we have a village in Italy that we now want to go visit and do a proper heritage trip to it. So I was kind of curious. You mentioned that you've actually you stumbled upon distant relatives while you were visiting there. Was that something that you guys sought out? Or was that something that was like a happy circumstance? Like you were eating in a restaurant and you got to talking and discovered, oh, this is my, you know, great 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 aunt or something <laughs> or... Uh, michael will tell you the story but you gotta understand this is a small village or community of about four thousand people half the people in that that town are cousins of some <laughs> you know in some way <laughs> these are small villages everybody knows each other go ahead michael yeah so i mean i gotta give credit to my mom because i mean month or not months but like weeks up before our trip i mean she communicated with i mean she kind of did she delved into everything and spent a lot of her time preparing for this trip. So we, she was able to contact a, a relative of ours somehow on my grandfather's side, who she met through Facebook on the same last name. And as my dad said, it's such a small village that we got there. And he was, it was very, the stars aligned is all I can say is he spoke English and um, was able to serve as a translator. And we were able to ask around and we actually found the home that my grandmother was born in and grew up in for the first eight years. And and, and her, my grandmother's, I guess, cousin, Katerina Antonacci, or Katerina Carprese, they, they, they grew up together and somehow, as I said, the stars aligned and we, she was actually standing on the balcony as we were asking around. And she was like, that's me, that's me. And she invited us into her home and through her Italian and the translator, we were able to just share stories. That's so amazing. That is so cool. <laughs> that is something I've always thought would be would be so interesting. And like you said, Julia, tr- tracing back on ancestry. Um, my dad did that for our family, but it's been harder to pin down um, some of those more specific connections. I think my family had been in the Midwest for a long time, but what a cool experience to just get to um, connect those dots and 
gain a deeper understanding into your lineage. I think that that is a really, really cool thing to be able to do at that time. And something I think often if you go straight on to college, you don't have the opportunity to dig into those, those sorts of things. You don't have the time as much. Yeah. I mean, this year, as think about it, it was about me. There was a part of it that was just about me. It was about me developing. And then it was a part to connect to my roots um, as well, um, which which kind of like the juxtaposition of the two is really interesting. Absolutely. And coming into that, Michael, what were your goals kind of coming into your gap year or what were you hoping to gain from it um, initially? Like a, think back to a year ago now. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, my goals back, I, I far exceeded my goals. Um, I, I get, it was, it was, I mean, high school for me wasn't the best. I, I think socially it wasn't, I, it was hard to find my people. And and for me, the gap year was kind of being able to more understand myself, who I am, my values, and, and really being able to find like-minded people all while seeing the world and learning new cultures and stuff. But on a social level, this, I've made lifelong friends that all across the world. I mean, I have friends from my gap year who live in San Francisco, friends from my time in Africa who live in who live in London and and kids who I still communicate with from Africa. So I think the, the 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 biggest goal I had coming into this was on a social level just to make friends and and develop these relationships and kind of gain the skills um as I prepare to go to college where it's not 12 kids I'll be with it will be a thousand kids. But um this year as I said far exceeded any and every expectation I could have had on both social levels on on every level. And, that, and that's forever. I'm thankful for this gap here. Absolutely. And now that you're kind of coming on the tail end of it, I'm sure you're heading to school soon. Um, in reflecting back on this year, how do you feel that you've grown or changed this year? Um, maybe beyond those initial goals of, you know, the social and the, the, the friendships that you've made, but in what other ways do you feel that you've evolved this year? Yeah. I mean, I think that I've proven to myself, I can, I can travel. The, I mean, I, I've traveled the world on my own. It's hard for me to say that, but I've actually traveled the world on my own. And I think I've realized that I really have jumped off the diving board from being living with my parents, kind of having a lot to some degree done for me, planned for me to being able to do things myself. So on that, in that regard, it's been an amazing transition. And then I think just as we talked about earlier, just some new perspectives on the world and how in some regard, it's such a big world, but at the same time, how it's, a small world and it's a lot more connected than you might think. No, oh, that's great. Um, it's, it's so wonderful to hear too. And uh, obviously I also want to hear from you, Ron, and what you think and what you and Nancy have observed in Michael since he's been kind of um, coming home from his travels and in the past couple months, what you've observed as changes in him. Well, I, I think it really can be put under an umbrella of sense of self. You know, I think when you're leaving high school and you're leaving your parents' home, you're living in their lives, and you're you're you really have are, are just beginning this path to independence. And I think what Michael developed over his gap year was an infinitely greater sense of himself, uh, his interests, his capabilities, his relationships. Um, even his worldliness in a, in both a physical and a and a metaphysical sense, all of these come together and left us at the end of the gap year with a materially um, stronger, more capable, and more independent son. 
And boy, what else could you wish for as he now takes on the next step of his journey to, to greater independence and goes off to college? Well, and I think so much of that, too, as well, Ron, speaks to you, your support of the gap year as, as a parent. Um, you know, I think that it's often hard for students to go off and have these grand experiences and push themselves outside their comfort zone in that way without the support of their parents. So that is huge. Absolutely huge. I mean, I would say this to other parents out there. I, I don't know why, if you can afford it, if it's possible within your family, this isn't something you'd want to do. This is a phenomenal opportunity to make the college experience infinitely more powerful. And again, I say that in terms of the multiple perspectives and, 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 and learning that Michael's had that he will bring to his experiences in college. I say that in terms of the social experiences that will make him far more um, able to um, benefit from and enjoy the social experiences of Panera. And then finally, physically. Michael's a year older, you know, he's he's growing four inches and put on X number of pounds and he's bigger than me, stronger than me, um, you know, and, 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 and he's just come so far. And isn't that what we want to give our kids is a, a little hand up as they approach college? To me, there's, you know, just no reason in the world if you can do it that you wouldn't want this for your children. I'll, I'll also add there isn't one way to do this, you know. You don't have to travel to Africa and Asia and Europe. I mean, there's so many different ways you can approach a gap year, whether it's interning and interning in a different country. You know, there were friends of mine who did that where they interned and, and they, they offsetted the cost of living with this internship. And it gave an opportunity to the, on the week to like explore a particular interest of theirs and then on the weekends kind of explore the different cultures. So I, I would say there's not one perfect way to approach a gap year. If I were to do it again, I'd probably do a completely different gap year, not because this wasn't the perfect gap year for me, just because there's endless options of what I would be able to do. As I said, I'm ready for the next chapter. And as hard as it is to, to leave what I love and know, I'm, I'm ready quite literally to spread my wings and jump off the diving board. Absolutely. And I'm, I, I wonder, you know, do you think that you would have felt that way this time last year? Do you think that you're feeling more prepared for college now, having had all of these experiences, Michael? Oh, 100%. Feeling so much more ready for college and, and prepared. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. Last year at this time, I was like in the back of my head thinking, well, do I really want to do a gap year? I kind of want to be like all my friends and go to college. But looking now, there's I could not have been more grateful for, for taking this route that I did. Awesome. Um, Ron, did you have something to add? No, no. I was just smiling as Michael was talking and thinking about... <laughs> Michael and who he was and how he experienced going away when we were preparing for him to leave for ARC and his original gap year experience. He was, you know, he, he, you know, we, we were doing most of the, the shopping and packing and, you know, he was, he was nervous. And, you know, at this point he's going off to college and, you know, sort of like, like, you know, it just seems so natural and right. And, and, you know, we're, we're just hanging on, we're following him. He's like, you know, it used to be, he was a mule we had to kick, and now he's sort of like a galloping horse we're hanging on to. And that's what we want. You know, he's, 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 he's galloping into his life. I love that metaphor too. I mean, and as he said, he's ready for, you know, to spread his wings and jump off and, and head on to the next chapter. And so that is that, yes, that, 
galloping horse that's we running on to the next thing. <laughs> we don't know if he's a bird or a uh, uh, or a horse, but but he's definitely got momentum and some energy. <laughs> Um, so we usually try to begin to wrap up our episodes with a couple popcorn questions. So um, just some quick fun tidbits. I'll let Julia take the lead on these. <laughs> yes, thank you. So yeah, these are just kind of rapid fire questions. Uh, might be aiming at Michael, might be aiming at Ron. We'll let you know. And you're just supposed to give like a quick and pithy response. This is like a way of us just making sure that we, um, you know, hear a little bit like more of the little details that surround your gap time. So it's kind of just fun. Both of us are incapable of being quick and pithy. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, do do your best. You guys right. have done great. We've we've covered a lot of ground, and you guys have been very concise and good communicators. So, without further ado, Michael, what was the strangest local cuisine that you tried on your gap time? Oh my God, he eats anything. Go ahead. <laughs> no, the strangest local cuisine was when I had, believe it or not, a frog that we ate off of a um, street vendor that was a very interesting experience luckily i did not get sick but i had some doubts about that talk about when you butchered your own meat or at least oh yeah that i'll say this on arc we we actually killed a animal we you had the opportunity to watch if you wanted to but many of my peers and i did watch and we we killed a um our own pig we went to the market and bought it essentially and then that was what we had for dinner and it really made me appreciate meat and everybody ate everything you know yeah definitely don't waste it when when you see it go down (laughs) um okay so ron this one is for you uh having watched michael pack and repack and go through all of these different sort of i'm sure just a packing arc throughout the the whole year what would be your biggest recommendation for packing and gear and such for a gap year follow the arc guidelines <laughs> we followed them to a t and it worked out i'd also say less is more you know every you know i kept we kept encouraging michael to to let go of stuff and the final comment i would make when 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 he began this gap year like we had the packing list out we were checking everything off with him you know we we were basically you know dealing with a high school student um, it's a year later. Michael's packing for college. My wife and I have barely had anything to do with the enterprise. It's all his show. And that's the transition uh, as seen through packing of a young man growing up. That is great. So um, I'm also curious, Michael, what was your, if you can remember, your favorite phrase from a foreign language that you learned on this year? And I know that there's probably, I mean, you went to several different countries. So is there anything that kind of sticks out? I, I know that that's one of my favorite things about traveling is kind of learning the the like local lingo and things like that. Yeah, I think that the, this is maybe cliche, but Hakuna Matata, they said mm-hmm. that a lot in Tanzania and it just kind of like going with the flow type of thing. And that was kind of just, um, just, just sticks. Oh my gosh, that's great. Um, well, now, Michael, after all of the places that you did visit this year, you covered a lot of ground in your gap year. Um, what is now your top bucket list destination? After all the places you visit, I'm sure that it probably sparked new interests. Yeah, I, I d- definitely. I'm ready for college. I'm ready to, to go to St. Louis and just uh, explore there. But um, I do have a desire maybe through St- through WashU, where I'm going next year, um, to to do a study abroad, hopefully maybe in Spain. I, I've been taking Spanish and that's one country I've never been to. And I, I, I'd love to, there's a lot of going to be studying undergraduate business and um, there's a lot of opportunity there to mesh my interests. So maybe one day I'll go to Spain. Who knows? 
That's a hop, skip, and a jump compared to Southeast Asia for you. So I'm sure you'll make it. <laughs> okay, so last question, Ron. Uh, as a as a known trends forecaster and you know business guru, in your professional estimation, do you think that a gap year is a growing trend, and should it be? And what can we do to you know make it a worldwide? Or ma- I guess it already is a worldwide trend. What can we do to make it popular here in America? In your opinion? Well, what we try to separate, I, I try to when I think about many things, is what's the 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 noise and what's the signal you know what's the 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 chaff and what's the wheat and what's very clear is that gap years now seen over the 40 years from when I first did them to when Michael did his have grown immensely in popularity um, and and so this is a very real trend and it's a real trend because it works it makes a difference in people's lives and it continues to build momentum I will say this to you. The United States is behind in this. You look around the world, particularly at the UK, gap years are the prevailing mode um, um, between secondary and, and university. Um, I think you're going to see more gap year, more people participating in gap years, and I think that, um, that we're part of the wave of the future. I love that. We're on the, we're on the crest of the wave, as I always like to say. Well, thank you so much, Ron and Michael, for being here. And thanks to everyone out there for listening. Margot, where in the world can the people find us? The people can find us on both Instagram and Facebook at Gap Year Radio or online at gapyearradiopodcast.com. People can also email us their gap year questions or comments at gapyearradio at gmail.com. Uh, You can download our show wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And if you have a moment, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so more people can discover Gap Year Radio. Okay, gentlemen. So we uh, try to do our sign-off in a different language every every episode. So because you guys have traveled to so many different places, I'm actually not sure which language to ask you to sign off in. I, I kind of almost thought that we should sign off in like a Boston accent or something like that. But <laughs> um, but also, I mean, the Ukraine was pretty was a pretty unique destination. Do you guys remember how to say goodbye in uh, in the local lingo there? We were there two days. We learned nothing other than Ukrainian history. <laughs> but we just came back from Italy. So, Michael, what, how would we say goodbye in Italian? Ciao. Ciao. Or arrivederci, right? Or arrivederci. arrivederci. Yes. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. And ciao. Thank you, guys. Ciao. Arrivederci.